Children of Death Row. This is Marielle reporting for duty. Thank you for being here and thank you for returning. If you enjoyed this episode or the show in general, I'd be delighted if you let us know by leaving a kind review. Thank you. Okay, so I mentioned on social media that I was going to talk about the Instagram OnlyFans model who's been charged with second-degree murder for the stabbing death of her boyfriend, Christian Abunseli. Uh, I just caught wind of this case the day I posted about it, and down the rabbit hole I went. Obviously, this is a highly sensationalized case because this 26-year-old woman, uh, Courtney Clenny, had 2 million followers on Instagram and also had an OnlyFans account. Uh, Her OnlyFans has since been deactivated, and no, I didn't check. It was revealed to be deactivated in an article I read, but you better believe I was dissecting her Instagram page for way too long the other night. Uh, She went by Courtney Taylor on social media, spelled like Taylor, as in a person who does clothing alterations. Okay. So T-A-I-L-O-R. So not only was she a public figure of sorts, but during the discovery phase of this trial, videos and text messages between Christian and Courtney were released and have been published in several uh, news publications. So most of the videos are obscured visually as if Christian was secretly documenting the toxic abusive behavior of Courtney throughout their relationship. I have absolutely done this in past toxic relationships because I didn't want that person to be able to gaslight me and deny their abusive tendencies and behavior. I would open my phone's camera and start a video, usually putting the phone in my pocket to avoid suspicion. I think we can cautiously assume that Christian had that same logic when recording these situations with Courtney. Uh, I have played all the videos and Jesus, this woman is unhinged. She was berating him, screaming. You can hear her hitting him. It's also important to note that Christian Abimseli was a black man and Courtney is a white woman. So in some of these videos, you can hear her calling him that derogatory racist slur with her whole chest. It is revolting. There's a video that is visually obscured, but you can hear plainly that Courtney was having a breakdown because she had assaulted a stranger and Christian told her she should apologize. So she's flipping out on him for that and at some point gets out of the car. She's obviously in the road because you can hear traffic, people honking and shouting. Christian is pleading with Courtney to get back in the car and profusely apologizing to her. Then a bystander uh, intervenes because there was an obvious mental health crisis happening and you can hear the bystander telling Courtney It doesn't need to be this way. I don't want you hurting yourself. Referring to his witnessing Courtney banging her head against the pavement. Like, oh my God. To which Courtney responds with saying she wants to end her life and then explains what happened to cause her breakdown. And this is like me quoting. I opened the door and I got out and I fucking hit him. And then my boyfriend said, go apologize to that man. She says, I feel like I don't have anywhere to go but my head. And she's saying this while she's like sobbing and like just totally having a crisis. Christian and the bystander are asking Courtney to breathe and relax. Christian begs, quote, Cece, just stop, please. To which Courtney screams, fuck you. Uh, She says, you make yourself look good in front of people. The bystander also points out the obvious, like, bitch, you're in Miami. This is not a good look. You're a white woman. He's a black man. Like, I'm obviously paraphrasing, but... 
You shouldn't be doing this out here. Christian again says he's sorry for making her apologize to the person she hit in the other car. And fuck you, she says repeatedly. You just told me to fucking apologize to a low life, she said. And then slaps can be heard. Christian then says, stop fucking hitting me. It's okay. Just stop. Uh, before the video ends in another video that appears to have been taken inside the couple's apartment again the lens is obscured but courtney can be heard demanding christian find her cell phone and berating him for talking to another woman Uh, she said shut up and let me fucking slap you dumbass and demands for her phone her voice is hoarse she's sobbing between screaming find my fucking phone and charge it she also makes the accusation that quote you always wanted to fuck her referring to a woman christian apparently spoke to without telling her and christian responded with i was on a bike ride she passed me and i said hi you and courtney are having a live chat my bad i forgot to tell you that it doesn't make you act and calling me a fucking insert slur courtney replies you're a fucking insert slur bitch then there's the sound of a slap later in the clip christian calls courtney a pet name as he seemingly continues to look for her phone like You can hear him like turning blankets upside down and he's just totally has like a fawning voice, if you know what I mean. And he's saying, you remember the last place you had it, Cece? And she's like, nope, find it. And then it just goes on like that for about five minutes. Christian had also secretly recorded a moment of them in their apartment lobby, which this one, you can actually see most of what's happening. Courtney repeatedly interrupts Christian by saying, decide whether or not you're done gaslighting me. Decide whether or not you're done gaslighting me. And Christian eventually gets a word in saying, I apologize, but you hit me. Courtney then lowers her voice to a whisper and she responds, shut the fuck up, bitch. And then she said, don't fucking say that. And then the video ends. There is also a surveillance video from their apartment elevator. It doesn't have audio, but you can see Courtney hitting and pushing Christian. She yanks his hair. She's continuously like hitting the back of his head and anywhere else she can land a punch. Like Christian tries to hold her arms to stop her, but she continues hitting while Christian puts his arm out, like seemingly to put distance between them on the elevator. There is also police body cam footage from just two days before the fatal incident. It shows Courtney speaking with police officers who were responding to a 911 call from building staff. A former building staffer stated that Courtney had shoved Christian out of the elevator that night. And then another employee uh, in the video told police they witnessed that Christian had charged toward Courtney in the lobby. In this recording, Courtney alternated between rage and desperation, telling the police she wanted to be exonerated of wrongdoing and saying that she wanted a restraining order against Christian. Courtney's lawyer said in a TV interview that this footage proved her defense and a lawyer for Christian's family called it self-serving. So here's what we know about the afternoon of April 3rd, 2022. When the Miami police showed up at the apartment, they found Courtney holding her bleeding boyfriend in her arms. Christian Abumsele, who was 27, had been stabbed in the chest and was pronounced dead at nearby Jackson Memorial Hospital. Courtney maintains she was acting in self-defense, but authorities allege in an affidavit that though both parties participated in multiple incidents of domestic violence since November 2020, it was Courtney's behavior that escalated and ultimately resulted in murder. In a statement on April 8th, Miami-Dade 
police relayed that Christian and Courtney had a, quote, physical altercation the night he died. She was interviewed by police and subsequently released. Prosecutors stated at the time, quote, when the investigation is completed, the state attorney office will review the police department's evidentiary presentation and take appropriate legal action in accordance with the law. Christian's brother, Jeff Abimsali, wrote this in a statement posted to social media on April 10th, quote, we have every reason to believe that his death was the result of unwarranted and unprovoked violence. We want to see that justice is served. And referring to old tweets of Christians that were disparaging toward black women and resurfaced in the wake of his death, Jeff wrote, As a family, we strongly disagree with the ignorant and repulsive tweets from my then high school aged brother that have recently surfaced. However, the tweets do not diminish our demand for a thorough investigation into his murder or negate the necessity for justice. In the statement, just, uh, Jeff also accused law enforcement of treating, treating Courtney differently due to her privilege as a wealthy white woman. Within 24 hours following Christian's death, the detective on the case prematurely concluded that this was not a crime of violence, but the information provided is deficient and the lack of transparency strongly suggests foul play is involved. Courtney was not arrested or charged with Christian's murder until August 10th, 2022. She was in Hawaii seeking treatment for PTSD and substance abuse when U.S. when when U.S. Marshals made the arrest. She was denied bail while being held for second degree murder as she awaited extradition back to Miami, Florida. Once she was back in Miami, she again was held without bond at the Miami-Dade County Jail. Oh, girl, that must be fun. Hmm. At her first court appearance, a defense attorney argued that there was not probable cause for second-degree murder and, quote, at best, it's manslaughter, he said. During initial questioning after the murder, Courtney told police that Christian had shoved her against the wall by the neck, then threw her to the ground. When she, and when she got up, she said she grabbed a kitchen knife and threw it at him from at least 10 feet away, piercing his chest. Okay, she's a dumbass because unless someone has a gun or some sort of wide-range weapon... They're not an imminent threat from 10 feet away. So there goes your self-defense claim, dumbass. Uh, also, it was not true. Uh, investigators noted that she ultimately provided police with, quote, several inconsistent accounts of events. The arrest affidavit states that Corny also told police, I really don't know if this was justified at all. Uh, that's a damning statement. An autopsy performed by Miami-Dade County Chief Medical Examiner Kenneth Hutchins determined that the knife had fatally punctured an artery in Christian's chest. The medical examiner concluded that the wound could not have been made the way Courtney claimed it was, duh, but rather by a forceful downward thrust. His death was ruled a homicide. A friend of the couple, Ashley Vaughn, stated, quote, We've seen her hit him. I've never seen him hit her. And she also said, from what we've personally experienced between the both of them, we believe that Christian wouldn't put her in a position where she would need to stab him to protect herself. A neighbor who lived downstairs from the couple when they still lived in Austin, Texas, said that Courtney and Christian often got into ruckus fights, though he didn't know who started it. He said, quote, behind closed doors, we just started hearing some shouting, yelling. We don't know who was starting what. We didn't get a lot of context. Occasionally, we would hear some glasses break and some banging on the walls and floors. Not sure who was doing it. One neighbor at their Miami complex said that he had a clear view of the couple's apartment and said a week before the stabbing, things seemed off and alleged that Courtney was the one getting physically abused. 
He said, I could not tell if it was open-handed or closed-handed, but he was swinging at her, he said. Okay, weirdo, were you just sitting at your window with popcorn watching domestic abuse just unfold in real time right before your eyes? Like, now you want to run and tell that? That's suspicious. That's weird. Too little, too late. Police said in the past three months prior to the murder, they responded to multiple disturbance calls at the couple's apartment. An apartment security guard and other staff documented numerous complaints from fellow tenants, even as far as two floors above the couple's unit. And there had been, quote, so many incidents of arguing that management was, quote, moving toward legal action to evict the couple. Since moving into the Miami apartment in January, the couple had separated various times, investigators noted in the arrest affidavit. Most recently in March 2022, when Courtney made Christian leave while her mother was in town from Texas. When her mom left, Christian moved back in on April 1st and, quote, arguments began almost immediately. The affidavit details resulting to Courtney contacting police who observed that Courtney, quote, appeared intoxicated when she made her report. So what happened on April 3rd, 2022? Key fob records reviewed by investigators showed that Christian went out around 1.15 p.m. and arrived back at their building at 4.32 p.m. with sandwiches from Subway. I will spare us the Subway jokes I'm tempted to make. At the same time, Courtney was wrapping up an Instagram video posting posting shortly before Christian returned. She called him at 4.01 p.m. and again at 4.33 right before he walked in the door. Courtney's mother, Deborah, told police in a recorded statement that she talked to her daughter on the phone twice between 4.43 p.m. and 4.56 p.m. She said she heard Courtney yelling at Christian to leave and accusing him of, quote, lying. But Deborah didn't say anything to police about her daughter being attacked or claiming she was attacked. Investigators concluded, per the affidavit, that Christian was stabbed sometime during that 13-minute window. Neighbors had called building security to report a disturbance and security subsequently called 911 at 4.46 p.m. At 4.57 p.m., Courtney also called 911. Per the affidavit, she was heard on the call saying, I'm so sorry, baby. And Christian could be heard in the background saying he couldn't feel his arm and he was dying. Okay, so literally one minute after she gets off the phone with her mom, she called 911. Like, I feel like her mom knows more than she claimed in her statement to investigators. I guess we'll find out during the trial, like, should she be made that, uh, made aware that perjury is a fucking crime? The state released three text exchanges between Christian and Courtney that were obtained via Christian's iCloud account. The first was from October 2021 when they still lived in Texas. As they argued about Courtney having taken his phone, Christian recounted to her that she had stabbed him in the leg and it hurt so bad he, quote, couldn't fucking walk. In another text, he wrote, the next morning, I still woke up happy. I still gave you a good day, even though my leg was hurting because my girlfriend stabbed me. And he added, did I make you feel like shit for stabbing me? No, just sucked it up and hope tomorrow will be better. The next day in another text exchange, Christian recounted Courtney spitting on him and, quote, pounding her phone on his face and on the back of his head. He pleaded with her to open the door to their apartment so he could lay down on the couch. And he said, quote, now I have a lump. I'm bleeding, throwing up. I think I got a mild concussion and have anxiety. I slept in the restroom for two hours and I'm just lost beyond words. Five minutes later, she replied, I'm sorry for hitting you in the face and the back of your head and spitting on you. Is it right? No. You just pissed me the fuck off, but still love you. Mm. 
Then on January 30th, after they'd moved to Miami, their text messages revealed that they were going to buy some blow, aka cocaine. So that's great. Let's add fuel to a dumpster fire. In the early evening, as Christian was at a bar watching a football game, they began arguing over the tone of their text messages to each other. This is why we call each other, okay? Stop with texting shit. You need to be able to hear the tone. She got upset because he answered, yes, Courtney. And she said, yes, Courtney is unnecessary. And she wrote, according to the text, I continue to have to explain to you how to act. Mm. What exactly happened when they finally met up in person is unclear. But later that night, later that night, Courtney wrote, hopefully this will give you time to think about your actions and quote, enjoy the hospital. Christian had suffered two gashes on his face and was on his way to seek medical attention. And Courtney said, quote, tell them your side, then I'll tell them what happened. And he wrote back, I'm not saying anything and I'm a safe football incident. Later that night and the next day, according to the text, he messaged her repeatedly revealing, quote, getting stabbed multiple times, quote, I was in the hospital looking forward to seeing you and you go and drink and leave with someone when your boyfriend is passed out on the bed getting stitched up because I lost too much blood. Days after the stabbing, Courtney texted a series of profuse apologies like, I love you so much, Christian. I should have been at the hospital with you. I should have slept next to you as I always have. She wrote, adding later, I feel extreme regret, sadness, and humiliation. I'm so sorry for hurting you. Denise Hines, a George Mason University social work professor who researches male victims in domestic abuse cases, said men, particularly black men, are often hesitant to report physical violence by their female partners because they are afraid that their abusers will instead blame them, resulting in their arrest. Courtney's swings via text from outbursts to professing love show Christian fell for what researchers call a, quote, traumatic bond. These kind of moments are intensely rewarding to the victim and reinforce the notion that she'll change. It shows the the person you fell in love with. End of that quote. Hmm. Yeah, sounds like trauma bonding. Courtney and Christian stayed together, the text revealed, but the toxicity just continued. It was on February 26, weeks before the fatal stabbing, that Christian sent a long text lamenting about the destructive relationship and her calling him out of his name in the most egregious way possible. He wrote, your boyfriend is black and you're calling him that. Your boyfriend isn't dirt. Why are you spitting on him? He wondered what would have happened had the knife wound been higher than his chin. Quote, my cheek, my eye, what might happen next time? I pray there is no next time like that, he said. That's so chilling. According to the August 22nd arrest warrant affidavit, Courtney was previously arrested in Las Vegas in July 2021 on suspicion of domestic battery against Christian during an argument at the Cosmopolitan Hotel. Wait, I, oh my God, just realized I was literally staying at the Cosmopolitan in July, 2021. I wonder if they were there to see Megan the Stallion. Anyway, this is not about me. So Courtney was booked into Clark County Detention Center and admitted to throwing a glass in the direction of his head and having thrown objects at him before. But the Clark County DA, the Clark, <laughs> the Clark County DA dropped the case the following month. Okay, 
Coming back to present time, Courtney has a hearing on Tuesday, November 15th. For Tuesday's hearing, both sides plan to introduce evidence to support their version of events. Courtney's legal team may introduce photos that were taken after the killing that they say will show bruises Courtney suffered at the hands of Christian. And prosecutors in their motions say that Instagram posts showed the bruises were already on her body before the killing. In their presentation, the DA will lay out the case that Courtney was the primary aggressor the night of the killing and in a relationship that had grown increasingly violent in the months before the killing, citing the Las Vegas battery charge. In Florida, people charged with murder are not automatically entitled to bond, but defense attorneys have asked the judge to allow Courtney out of county to Detention. Meanwhile, prosecutors filed their pre-trial detention motion arguing that Courtney, a native of Texas, has no ties to Miami-Dade. They argue that Courtney has a history of skipping town, including on previous arrests for driving while intoxicated in Texas. The state also provided the court financial records showing Courtney's OnlyFans earned $966,692 in 2020 and $1.8 million in 2021. Wow. Wow. And quote, these totals do not consider any additional unknown sources of income from other influence or advertisement campaigns via other social media platforms. Prosecutors also pointed to suspicion, <laughs> Jesus, to suspicious mo- movement of money in the days after Christian's death before her arrest, citing wire transfers totaling $1,134,000 and $50,000 from her account to her father's. So prosecutors want to keep Courtney in jail, saying she could easily flee the country before trial. They're pointing out her sizable wealth and her ability to work as an influencer literally anywhere in the world. Also saying that Courtney boasts, quote, a profession she can maintain abroad if she flees the country and actually can certainly afford financially. The defendant, furthermore, has the means of making quick escape and financially sustaining herself abroad. They pointed out that OnlyFans is based overseas outside of the U.S. Army of law and Courtney's quote means of financially sustaining herself requires a mere internet connection. I guess we will find out after the hearing. Courtney Clenny faces up to life in prison if convicted of second degree murder with a deadly weapon. Okay, well, that took up a lot more time than I anticipated. I just read 18 pages of notes on this case. I'm going to go ahead and say this is a bonus episode and I'll save the death row case I had planned to discuss for a separate episode. So stay tuned. Um, I do want to just say this. Like after researching this story, my Google News algorithm now suggests all kinds of OnlyFans related stories. So that's great. But there was one story I just got from KTLA that was intriguing. A teacher and her husband are now unemployed after the middle. I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not reading any article or anything right now. A teacher and her husband are now unemployed after the middle school where they both worked, discovered their OnlyFans page. And these middle schoolers were circulating it around. I guess they had made it content in a classroom. And that's why the investigation then started. The teacher did say it was made after hours and on a weekend. So no students were in the building. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to laugh. She was pressured to resign and told that if she did so, the administration would not publicize what happened. Obviously, if a bunch of middle schoolers know about it, then it's going to be impossible for them to keep it a secret. But this teacher also said that the only reason she created an OnlyFans was because her income as a teacher was not enough to support their family and the money was for necessities. And that's so fucking sad. Teachers truly deserve better. Uh, Anyway... 
Thank you for listening to me indulge on a non-death row related case. Sources and links will be provided in the show notes. You can see photos for this and all other episodes on our Instagram at Women of Death Row Podcast. Again, I'm Marielle. Take care, everyone. And thank you. Bye.